everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Well, welcome along. Uh, it's LOI Central with uh, Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald, and uh, this is Season 7, Episode 34. Uh, so we're going to have uh, a show not dissimilar, actually, to last week. This week, where... I'm going to head out to the Viva Stadium and hopefully, Dan, get some Goal United audio, as well as some from uh, two of the other clubs that are involved in the FAI Cup semi-finals. It's a guessing game for me. It's like, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, you just raise your kids and send them out into the world, you know, and it's like, mm. we're sending Johnny off to Aviva. How will he, how will this go? Like, there's, some of the kids are there. You know, he's had a few issues with Galway. You know, will it work out okay? I think you're ready. I think you're ready. I think everyone's at a stage where they will talk to you and we will have some Galway United audio on the show. It's a big week. Like, this is the week. Like I mean, like, the mailbag actually has Galway United-related comments this week. You don't need to shoehorn them in yourself. Like, people are talking about the club. Uh, people are talking about Galway. People can't get tickets for Galway. Bloody hell. It is like, mad. I mean, it just seems First like someone's on about setting up security cordons, like, you know, around the, the, the perimeter of the stadium to stop people passing, because this is like the hottest ticket in town on Saturday in Galway is for a football match. We're in association with Future Ticketing, uh, Rascals Brewery in Inchicore and Collar and Cuff. Um, Get your free shirt and tie from Decky, to be clear. Um, you wouldn't be wearing, you wouldn't be getting formal wear to the, would you like, you know, do you know the way like when, when, when sort of people are younger and they're going out, lads, sometimes they, they overdress, like mm. they sort of like put on a suit or, you For know. For the cop semi. Yeah. I'm know. coming from a stag now. So one of my best mates is, uh, his stag is in Tullamore. Mm. So thankfully on the train line, it can work pretty well that over and back. quite good. Yeah. It is good. Now, how, how it'll work, I, I don't know. But in the old days in Cherryland, and I'm not naming names, but in the old days, they'd kind of just, a bit of a nod and a wink and let another 1,500 people in for a tenner or whatever and just load them up the back. They should do that. Just load them in and deal with the repercussions later. Just Fill the place out. They, they shouldn't do that on, a, on they the won't official line from LOI Central. Future Ticketing will also disassociate itself. Yeah, future Ticketing, the official ticketing partners of the clubs, we do not advocate black market uh, letting people in and creating congestion issues we do not I want to distance myself from that um, Dan I was looking for something that wasn't um, the Irish Soccer Magazine yesterday and I did come across the Irish Soccer Magazine you brought magazine. some reading today it's like you brought, you brought reading you brought show and tell today here, here, here. it's uh, Irish Soccer Magazine from um, what's the date from um, March 2020 it just says no, 2020 on it but it was from uh, Mar it was from March, March 2020. March, April, anyway. March 2000, I would suggest. 2020. 2000, sorry. It was not from two years, three years and ago during COVID. Purely, purely. Could come back. Purely by coincidence, Galway United were in a cup semi final at that time. They played Shelburne, lost 2 0 at home. And it's funny, I have very little recollection of that match. And I was definitely at it. Five and a half thousand at it. What will the capacity be on? I'm not actually sure. The fire safety limits now, but they, they've reduced a lot of capacities, yeah. But yeah, so the the cup, the cup final at that time was Shells and Bows. Well, presumably there were 7,000 people there going by your reckoning. Yeah, there possibly was. Someone um, was getting a few. Yeah. But uh, the cup, the cup uh, is back in proper glory now. And yeah, it's really, I'm sure Bows fans have had a nightmare just trying to get uh, the away allocation. It's been, it's been tough. You you, you, you've brought in some, you get, for some reason you've brought in a draw the United match program from A4 Galway. size which is, I see Martin Lawler as the manager mm. I keep seeing Martin Lawler everywhere 
this has happened to me in the last it's happened in the last couple of months it's just become you know like it's like um, Barry O'Halloran used to be my one like he'd be good mates of our man you would, would from need to ex- yeah you need to explain Barry to people that is Barry Halloran's like the finance writer in the Irish Times there you go not everyone, Always not everyone is an Irish Times Always. reader Johnny I know in, in your oh. leafy suburbs they are yeah but, but, Dublin uh, 6 yeah um, anyway uh, Martin Lawler ex Go United he's, he's no he was the Draw United manager ex Go United was he but he, I mean I just like I but I see him in different places like Does he uh, see you uh, no <laughs> No, I'm not sure if you know me, but like Martin Lawler once advocated the League of Ireland clubs putting out of Europe, I think, at a particular precious point. But like Dundalk legend. But uh, yeah, I was I was a cafe in Clontarf recently. Clontarf. Actually, Colester. It was actually Colester. And um, see a man settling up at the till. I was like, I recognise him. It's like he has very distinctive sort of features, yeah. like like sort of sculpted in a way, Martin Lawler. Yeah. Like, and uh, so bloody hell, it's Martin Lawler. I saw him another, I think I saw him just in the area not long afterwards. And you think, okay, well, he lives near you. That's fine. It's in the IFSC the other day, dropping, dropping, uh, dropping the better half. And how do I see walking on, the, on his own, then the pavement again, purposely? It's like, it's Martin Lawler. It's like, am I being followed by Martin Lawler? Am I following him? Mm. Like, is, or, or is it like the Father Ted holiday? We just keep bumping into those people <laughs> everywhere. But like, I mean, he's now turning up in my nostalgia. The Martin Lawler Nash Pro. There we go. Looking at the, yeah, Harry McHugh. Uh, we're not. We're not going to just do this for the rest of the show. But it, it is. It There's is nothing of note in really that magazine. Like, why have you brought it? Um, I thought you said you had some. Like, you had something to tell us. Have you told us all off air? So, and so, you've forgotten? So, so there was an architect's drawing of Longford Town's plans for Strokestown Road, and it did again. Did kind of hurt me a little to see how few people were at a massive game against Treaty uh, the other night that they lost. Just as the teams came out, seemed to be nobody there. Um, foil ciders in perilous situation in terms of Derry really struggling. But that stadium presumably happened though. Yeah, like, that's you know yeah, yeah, there is yeah. that. And the, actually, the arts impression was looking a million miles off. And the other one which really tickled um, my interest was Ulster says no. Irish League reject proposals, and um, this, this is two thousand, obviously, and. Uh, this crew went up to the Glentoran Sports Club in Belfast um, from our, from the south and they were just like, the north is a joke here. Nobody wants to do anything. And twin, the, the Irish League is actually... To be clear, I, I, you need to be very specific in your quotes when it comes to issues pertaining to the north of the border. No one said, oh, yeah. to be clear, the there north is a joke, no, they don't want to do anything. There seems to be no sparkle about the debate, no vitality. There seems to be no appetite for the future, more an acceptance of their loss. Rita O'Reilly, marketing executive of the Aircom League. It was depressing, really, she concluded. And 22 years later, 23 years later, the Irish League's actually in a better place, but we still have the same, are we ever going to have an all Ireland League debate? And I would imagine the, our main concern would be the enthusiasm north of the border. Mm. You know, Like this nostalgia, you see, um, see Airtel is no more. That's yes. going to mean a lot to the, uh, the League of Ireland fan. Page 222. I saw this last night. There was a bit of Airtel nostalgia going around the place. You like that ad as well, and, uh, Dan. Last one, sorry. Tony, I, I, Tony McCarthy has an ad for for uh, basically sports remedial. Who so I presume is Tony McCarthy, who's carved out a career post football. Yeah, well, he's at well, he's at Rovers. I see yeah. his mobile numbers here. <laughs> oh eight eight. Have you had to change number? That same number, Tony. I'm not going to bring it on air. Just get a, get we'll ring, ring it there, Dan. But uh, uh, speaking, anyway, of, yeah. speaking of uh, Airtel, phone, speaking of phone calls, Airtel. Yeah, because someone put up. Um, like again, Friday 18th of January, I'm not sure, it's from the 90s, and it's like an Airtel story. You know, I'm showing it to Derek here. It's like Forland to sign for Manchester United. Is it 2 2 8 the headline? Aircom League and FEI Cup matches 2 2 2 as ever. And then, two, you know, two, two, that's under right. 21 spot for Pat's man McGuinness is a story. That's Robbie McGuinness, 2 2 7. He didn't actually play, as far as I know, but like it was a story, an under, a League of Ireland player in the squad. But then the bottom as well, FEI refereeing beginners courses. 
under 21 all this I remember watching horse races on CFAX yeah during Chatham. you'd have like the four the main meeting you'd have like the four races on TV and then you'd be watching whatever like the Kim Muir or something on uh, on, on how CFAX you, how did you actually watch a race well basically what happened was that they would they wouldn't obviously have anything running but if if your horse fell they would just crudely put an F next to it <laughs> it would have the betting listed and I'm not sure if they'd have the order but then it would be like F look he's gone you know it's like it's like you know crossing out people and guess who or something it's like they're mm. dead let's see who's still hopefully not actually dead but uh, you're still standing but I mean the Airtel scores like, do you remember they were sporadic Airtel er- er- as yeah. people used to call it like I saw like people have various stories of games being like results being uploaded <laughs> like you know half an hour 45 minutes after the game but it was only then when I got into journalism afterwards I learned a little bit more about the, the whole Airtel the nuances the nuances well I think there was like one or two people who were doing the scores everywhere and they basically had a monopoly over the, the scoreline update industry I think it was something similar ringing in scores to PA the press association I'm not going to name them but like you know there might have been sort of uh, sort of freelancers in my own several properties with all the work at the time and they'd have like a phone line with them at the at the ground and they'd be at say Bose or whatever and then they would have to ring up their person in Cork and go any update any update but clearly if things were happening they'd be flat out it's very hard to do and then you have to ring it back in I think and it's like clearly there's there's a lot of like flaws in that system and that's why sporadically you might have and I found this that you'd have one game where the updates would be absolutely perfect (laughs) you know like you know to the minute and then other games it's like ah crap you know the phone line switched off and like 40 minutes after the whistle you're hanging on your nerves going I mean is it over is it and then the the little full time or whatever would appear next to it it's funny as well because I'll mention Monaghan United um, in the quiz question but uh, I remember going up to Gertie Keegan and uh, seeing this guy who looked of sort of Asian extraction, shall we say, with headphones on. And this is like going back. And he was, this was when live scores started to come in for betting purposes. And even that's like a long time ago. And Airtel at the same time was still wildly unreliable, like wildly unreliable. And you'd be like, it, it, say if Galway Knight were playing in Longford Town, for example, on a Saturday night, trying to get the score. It could be 11 o'clock and you'd be like, who knows? You could nearly get home and, <laughs> and, you, and know the result of the match and still have an element of doubt. That, is this over? Um, you know, definitely. Is that, did that just happen? Airtel, um, yeah. Airtel, yeah. Sad day though, yeah. It is. And that, I mean, now, but it just goes to show like how you've gone from the era of that and being angry about and concerned about that to, to now, you know, being a little bit concerned that the live angle for Dale Rooney's goal didn't show it in its full, mm. you know, in its full beauty, you know. And, I mean, we have to still drive on for standards, you know, and and you have to, we have to be critical of that stuff too because you want it to be better. They're trying to trying to use streaming and TV as, as part of the product. So you have to be harsh on it sometimes. But it, it does make you pause and realise how, like, you might flick through this magazine now from 20, whatever, 20 plus years ago, 23 years ago, and talk about how little has changed. There's a lot of the recurring stories, but probably some things have changed, you know. And I think the media landscape, the... Um, the uh, the sort of the access to stuff, the idea that you could just like you know what the crowd looked like coming out for Longford against Treaty last week. I know. How uh, do you even know that? Yeah. You know, um, like in the past, you used like it was just a magical. And I say in the past, like you're talking probably five six years ago with, with respect to some of that stuff. So we should now. There was, I must say, a nice early two thousands vibe around the last week too. Some of the manager quotes. I mean, we'll move on to it in the mail. Nice back. segue, but uh, thank you. Nice uh, segue, better segue yeah. if someone doesn't interrupt I know we it haven't, and just say nice segue. We haven't. We haven't. We haven't no, no, it's we, gone. We, the segue's now gone. We've um, lost our. We've lost our smooth segue. R.I.P. Airtel. R.I.P. Segue. You've taken us 
off the tracks. Thank you, Johnny. I, I do. Hope trip from Tullamore uh, goes if, through if there. you're a Shamrock Rovers fan and there's no reference whatsoever to the league, practically having been decided, to be fair, at the weekend, we haven't mentioned it all yet and we've spoken about all sorts of trivial matters. Um, it completely is going to dominate henceforth, Dan. Is that fair to say? You're just going to ignore me. I'm going to ignore yeah. you because the whole point of a segue <laughs> is that for the listener, we smoothly move on to the next point. But you, this is this is you just giving a running commentary of everything. I don't want to extend to all aspects of your life, but I would hope... I would hope... <laughs> Hope, the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so let's let's like the, the the manager quotes. I would say of 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 last Friday. Like people have made this point recently, and it's true. It's like there's a sort of a. Have tr- you read the Raj Squad yet? Actually, I'm working my way through. Right. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, you know you know what All I'm. Right, but but the, right. the, 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 there is a, a sort of a thing where people say you don't have the characters anymore. In terms of you know the headline grabbing quotes, the golden era of like Dolan and Roddy and Rico and everything with that. But Ali Byrne just ringing saying, "Let's do yeah, a bit yeah. of banter." Over the but weekend. the Bradley Duff stuff last week, and like people probably again like quotes will appear in a Friday, but they might be held back from say a Monday. And, and how this all operates, you know, and there would have been after the shout because Shabern, I think they're hopefully they're going to do it next season. And I mean, they really should, lads, because you're missing a trick. Um, they don't really do like press conferences in Talca ahead of their games whereas Rovers to be fair like Shamrock Rovers and Pats will be excellent in terms of you know their press access across a week some of the other clubs would be very sporadic you know in fairness to Cork City like they do a regular Zoom mm. thing now and I know kind of been very Dublin centric but Cork have now done a Zoom and you'll see there'll be more yeah. coverage of their pre-match press conferences now across the Nationals because you know you don't have to travel to do it Shells don't have done a handful of times and, and bows a handful of times. And to be fair, you're relying a lot of times on volunteer press officers with other jobs. But I know they are talking about doing it. But but it's just been like at the Shelburne game. But Damien Duff spoke after the game on Monday and all that stuff about um, you know players who may not be there next year and that type of thing. But I suppose there was a couple of us there. So let's ask a couple of questions for the Friday about the Rovers game, so you can run it out there on Friday. And then Stephen Bradley did his regular gig on the Thursday. And uh, like Damien Duff on the Monday, you know, quite sort of reflective in a way about his time at Rovers and and Bradley and and you know how they progressed from then till now. But the minute and it was someone else, the minute someone else mentioned the word was the budget maybe an issue then? The word budget and the budget's coming next week. You know, budget the budget seems like a trigger word. Like generally, like sometimes in football. Uh, didn't Bill H- Bill Hulsizer have one of his theories when he was at Peak Six that you know they should all learn a, a word, a special code word. When someone screams this code word, everyone just attacks into the opposition half. You know, it's a bang. Like you, you say the word budget in a post-match interview in the League of Ireland, everyone's like, ah, budget. Yeah. So like, so so she so said budget to Damien Duff, and straight away he clicked into no, no. The time for nostalgia is over. I'm in 2023 manager mode. And it was like very much, no, no, the budget was very, very big then. It was very, very big, you know, just to be clear. So it was very much like, hey, you know what, Bradley and all of you had a good time there. But I mean, they they made mistakes. You know, they had, a lot, they had a lot more money then than I do now, just to be clear. And no one was asking that question, but the answer was given. So then, now Stephen Bradley hasn't known that 
doesn't know that Damien Duff has obviously said this because the quotes aren't coming out till the Friday. But then on Thursday... So he had an omerta as like, we're not bringing these out till sort of... No, an omerta is when you agree Sorry. not to speak about it. You're yeah, as in, yeah. An, so an embargo. An embargo until sort of three days later. Till Friday, till the day of the game. Okay. The, you have to, when you don't have that regular so press conference... you're sitting on this and you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, like you'll that's a certain good. amount for Tuesday and then a certain amount for Friday. And that's yeah. just how it works within the framework of how things work. In the day. You just have to run things yeah. that way. You don't just vomit it all out straight away yeah, yeah. and leave yourself with nothing for the Friday. So, but then, so then Damien Duff, or sorry, Stephen Bradley has his regular gig on Thursday uh, in Roadstone, where he is talking about, um, he is talking about uh, budgets, of course, the, the magic word. And he talks in, about- In a quite stark way. Well, yeah, yeah well, in two, in two ways though. Mm. Shelburne, well, they're going to have the biggest budget next season. It's like, mm, little <laughs> niggle, little niggle. Uh, they will have the biggest budget next season. Did he say they would or they might? Um... Oh, he said they would. What we're hearing is that I don't have it in front of me, Johnny. I know yeah. you're you're a stickler for accurate yeah, but he did, like, So 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 I I, I well, don't quite have it in front fair. of me. But he did say that the word is I think they're going to have the biggest budget next year. Words to that effect. And it was a bit mischievous, right? Mm. I don't think they will, by the way, from what I'm hearing. But I'm, I'd say, imagine it'll be better budget, of course. Right? There's no denying that. But um, that's funny. I actually was a few minutes late for the uh, for uh, for Roadstone. I actually hate being late, but I was a few minutes late, and I was walking in, and all the pl- I had to walk through where all the players were sitting. And I'm not going to say the player, but one of them, I said they weren't in the usual room that they were, and one of the players said to me, "I oh, know they're in that room there." Oh, well, I mean, I hope it's there or else it's a board meeting. And I didn't really get the significance of it in the context of <laughs> until I went in and listened to what he was saying. I was like, well, the board stuff has obviously been a little bit, uh, there's a lot of angst at, at Rovers at the moment, which is clear from what Stephen Bradley has said. So you get to Friday, you have the game, um, you have the aftermatch stuff again, which has dripped, <laughs> like dripped out a little Shamrock bit across Rovers the weekend. Shelburne nil. Yeah, which was a great game in itself. Not a great game, tell. but very, very um, yeah. sort of, I find it quite absorbing just the storylines around it. The game itself wasn't a classic, but it wasn't a bad it was, game. It was fine. It wasn't a bad game. Yeah, either. it was fine. And, um, you know, record league attendance for Tala. Uh, but then you have, obviously, Damien Duff afterwards um, probably hitting back a little bit at Bradley for talking about having the biggest budget and then basically saying, well, listen, if Shelburne were crap, uh, we'd probably still be friends, but, you know, we're not crap. So I've actually admitted uh, they're not really as close as they might have been. Um, and then there would have been, although I, I do remember, like, again, there's rivalry in the moment, but I think Damon Duff made a very generous donation to Josh's appeal last year. That clearly there's a, I'm sure there'll always be a relationship there, but of course, you're not going to get on with people that you're, you're scrapping with, you know, and it's clear. Because then, then, then Bradley had a bit of, yeah, I'm sure... Uh, you know, Shell's got a taste of their own medicine in that game when they couldn't they couldn't break down ten men. Like that's what they do. And and Duff was sort of as though he knew this was coming, was saying, I'm sure Stephen will be out talking bullshit about us playing on a low block. I never playing on a low block. I was just like, hook this stuff to my veins here. This is going yeah. back and forth. And then but then like probably like off the ball, Ashton from off the ball was there doing bits and sort of waiting around for hours to finish and then she would do a bit, but probably ended up getting this quote from Stephen Bradley about certain people at this club trying to stop us, or it didn't say at this club, but certain people trying to stop us from winning and it was in the context of behind the scenes upheaval. So it was all this was going on. Like it was a, it was actually like a great week. The football of, game was almost incidental. And then and then Jack Byrne, which again, because of the duff and the bad stuff was held back till Monday. So it looks like it's a, it's a tiered Jack Byrne is talking about, well I I don't have a contract offer, you know, and people are over saying, well there has been some kind of contract placed on the table. But that's all a little bit up in the air. But uh we should get onto the mailbag. <laughs> but like that was that was the week that was in a way uh, and we'll maybe deal with some more specific we actually, we haven't really analysed some of those things in that, but I think we'll go to the mailbag because that allows us to talk about some of those questions. Hey, 
a big bag of electronic letters. I, I should mention before I start the mailbag, I am thinking you mentioned the Roddy Collins book. Like he did have a great story. I think I was thinking of Airtel where um, when he was playing for the Ro- for the Bowes B team. Roddy. And Roddy. And uh, he was in Daily Man. Roddy, there's always a pinch of salt with, with elements of these tales. But uh, I mean, I'd actually, we probably should get him on at some stage. We would have got a crack on because I used to go write his column for like three, four years at one of my first journalism gigs. But um, someone rang the phone in Daily Man on a Saturday and he was answering the phone. And they were like, uh, we're from the Irish Independent. We need the scores from today's game because all those, like the B team results would have been all included. And uh, Roddy was like, you know, 3-1, you know, Collins 3, you know. <laughs> and he basically said that he used to answer that phone every week and make sure that like he was down scoring loads of goals for the reserves, even though he wasn't. So, I mean, there you go. It's a good way to like boost your stats. I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, some of those Airtel scores from the day, can we even trust that any of them even happened? Yeah. I did, I did the only version of history. I mean, I suppose we would have had the papers. And, you know, that was before the, the fake news media really took off. Anyway, the mailbag, we a lot of Rovers... Ro- Rovers it's very Rovers heavy. Rovers budgets related question. Okay, I'm, I'm going to talk through a couple of these. Um, okay, there's a few questions about if Bradley goes, who's a likely replacement? Anyone online for Rovers if Brad's issues not resolved? Blah, blah, blah. Jerry Thunder, Bradley's comments are beyond interesting. Brackets interesting. Yeah. Surprising he spoke some, but bluntly against the board. He has met some per squad investments. Brackets, Power, Gannon, Kenny. Well, Kenny's on loan. Okay, but in the sense they haven't improved Rovers. How likely is it that Duff replaces him? Um, Duff says it happen. Ever greatest, if Rovers, well, sorry? Duff says he's not going to, Shelburne's going to be his only club in the league. He, he said that previously. So he has to, he has to hold he, by he that. He said that previously. He absolutely, I know he talks a lot, but he has to hold by that. that was, was that pre-takeover? What? Uh, ever greatest if, if, if Rovers if Rovers don't have money where has all the European money I think it was pre-takeover uh, where has all the European mm. money gone or are they trying to win on the cheap I'm going to answer all these in a block right Bernard given that Rovers have an average of 5k plus earned uh, that's average attendances that is yeah. around 800 grand in Europe this year and are believed to be operating at a rumoured loss of 1.5 million this season that was referred to elsewhere uh, is it any wonder the board have been cautious. It would seem group stage qualification is must to sustain wages, never mind uh, progressing. Um, okay, uh, there's some more on this and I'll, I'll try and come back to them. So for the context here, right, this is obviously a disagreement around the budget for next year. And Stephen Bradley said that uh, two weeks ago or so, or three weeks ago, he said this, there's a meeting next week, there's a board meeting next week. Um, hopefully this will all be, you know, it'll be full steam ahead for 2024. Now he and is, they weren't certain to win the league. Yeah, obviously. yeah. But still aren't. So anyway, let me let me finish, right? So um, that was the context. And he he went on the record and a bit non-committal about his own future. Now he's a salaried member of staff. He's not on a fixed term contract, but still a bit How non- does that work? So he's, so he's, he's an employee. Like you know, managers. Some managers have earned like two year contract that ends in November, the thir- you know, thirtieth to whatever twenty twenty three. He is just, I think, it's a legacy back to him being a staff member before he was manager. That he's just on the payroll of the company. So it's a bit, it's a bit different. That in theory, his contract's never up. You know, you would have to agree. Uh, you know, give your notice. If Quite you anomalous. Leaving. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of, of recent examples, but pretty anomalous. Yeah, and um. And you know, but it, I still think within that contract, there's obviously bonuses and, and other very, you know, very common managerial clauses. Um, but but it's not fixed term. So um, he made the point that yeah, things will all be sorted. But obviously, last week what was different is his tone was, um, well, this is this is not the case. You know, uh, we're, we're going to have clarity at the end of the season. Now, look, I've heard subsequently that 
that some of the out-of-contract players are going to get offers between now and the end of the season. Also, they do have 19 players under contract, so it's not... I, some, I saw someone speculating, listing a load of names of players, you know, you know, just players who are definitely under contract. And 19 that, into 2024. And when you think about it, look at their squad at the moment, like, you've certain players on loan... You know, sort of Alan Manis is up and probably going to retire. Some I think with the old. expectation. Yeah. Um. You know. You see, so you've got the likes of sort of um, uh, Poom and Johnny Kenny are on loan. Uh, Jack Byrne is at a contract. Rory Gaffney's at a contract. You're, so you're actually not talking about a huge number of players. It wasn't that long ago. Which I actually like- think is part, weirdly, part of the problem. Okay. Because they have a budget for next year that they're looking at. That, that I believe that that. Certain members, certain sides of the board. It's very important, Roberts. You have Dermot Desmond, you have Ray Wilson, private ownership, and then you have the members' side of the club. And I think that from and the that's pri- 50 50. Yeah, and the private owners' side of the club, I think, are happy enough. I think there seems to be the chat to go with the budget that, that the manager is looking for. I think there's some more reservations on the other side. Now, I think that the budget is, I think there's just a disagreement over maybe pushing the budget out a little bit more, um, as opposed to the whole budget itself being up for grabs. Now, I think like part of the issue here, and we talk about long-term contracts in this league as a great thing. Like Rovers, when people talk about the age profile, they probably have, like they've, they've signed some players on long-term deals who are sort of over 30, who are obviously on the budget on big wages that they might struggle to get elsewhere. And like I, Rovers, I think that 1.5 million, from what I hear, that's probably conservative. I think they're... they're the on, loss. Yes. Yeah. They're on course for big losses this year. And... I mean, Europe shouldn't be the solution. And of course, Europe, you succeed in Europe last year, but then you have big bonuses to players and managers yeah, and so on. Yeah. That's fine. Probably, you know, deserved really, you know, if you're if you if you're in the club, four million. So it's never like four million into the bank, right? That's, that's never the case. But so they didn't get that. having the highest like crowds for League of Ireland yeah. in years and years and years, basically, were going to be substantial yeah. losses. Yeah, substantial, like really substantial. So, which is, I mean, which in the context of a broader league debate is worrying. If you if you're most like if your team that ticks most of the boxes is losing that much money, well, this is kind of concerning. And you can broad that out. Like it shows the value of, um, you know, the, like having something like a Bazunu. And I know that we've talked about Sinclair Armstrong and, and various players they have that you might occasionally have these things that come along that aren't related to performance, but they'll well, they're related to the player's performance that can that can improve your pitcher. And the Bazunu one was huge, like you know, ended up being worth more than three million quid to the club. Um, but they getting the bare minimum from your as much as they will say we never budgeted for that. I think when in you start in the champions route, yeah. I think you can probably commit to a certain amount thinking, yeah. well, even if they got through one round, it would have been up to 1.4 million from 810,000. Even that is a significant difference. Sure. So the fact that they didn't win any ties in Europe at all, when you, the way things are set up with the champions route now probably shouldn't happen. Now, I think they're probably looking, and then this is probably, I assume this would be the Bradley and the people's argument. I actually don't know if this is the case, but like, you know, they're looking for to, to push the boat to be a little bit better in Europe next year when with the changes to the new system there's gonna be there's gonna be less banana skins in that for not banana yeah, skins, like yeah. less big ones. Like yeah. Sweden, Poland aren't gonna be in the first round. Maybe so Rovers are gonna be seeded and, and very strong chance of playing a, a team from a weaker league. And like the Polish champions ended up on the unseeded side of the draw this year in the first round. They were dodging a bullet. They ended up making it all the way to groups um via the conference league. Like very unlucky because you got a champion of Poland in that round because they're just they hadn't been in Europe much, but they're from a much better league than ours. But that's not really going to be on the table. So I, I imagine the argument would be, well, if we get into Europe next year, we win the league, which looks very likely, well, we've got a good chance of getting to that 1.4 or to that whatever. But clearly there's some people who are concerned. 
there's other when aspects. You say some people. I think the from the member side of things, but I also think that it's very well known in football that relationships. I don't think like some of the people who have probably hired Stephen Bradley don't have a great relationship with Stephen Bradley now. Like that's that's like that's thinly veiled. Like there's there's things that have happened on social media and on public forums in the last year that Rovers fans would be aware of, which prove that like public comments by people which are very unusual and reflect like is this relationship coming to an end sort of vibe like will Stephen Bradley be at Rovers next year and certainly some of the comments the last week the certain people are trying to stop us from winning that's stepping it up that was you know, huge that reflects that you know like this is not like some people would if 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 we just wrote about this or talked about this and didn't have those comments on the record people would say we were shit stirring they would say this is just media building up something that's not there like it's there you'd have to be an absolute denial to 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 not see that there's complications there um so uh where it goes for them from here is uh hard to see what, what do i believe that some people at the club would be would be uh happy enough if if they won four in a row and a good job offer come up in another country and he took it i'd, I'd say there might be some people who'd be happy with what that. about the ireland job well we had a message in there from someone uh, it was a Jimstagram saying, uh, I'm going to find it here. Uh, apologies. It was to the effect of, it's Jimstagram. Why do you think Stephen Brady isn't linked with the Ireland job and Duff is, for Duff, example? Duff now, played for Ireland. I, I don't, yeah, Duff played for Ireland. He's been a coach. He's been yeah. a coach. Sadly. I don't think either of them will, will get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so I think Stephen Brady will need to go to a next step before he would be considered for that. So, so no, I don't see that being a runner this yeah. time. I don't. Um, and like, this is the point. Jared Caddy, all this talk of budgets. So who's had the biggest budget each season the last four years? So you got the last four years. Well, 2020 would be Dundalk because that was the year 2021 was Dundalk. I think Matt Hullsides are pretty much set it on the record. They had doubled the budget of the next team. There's no doubt the last two years, it's it's Rovers. You know, and, and the Rovers spending, I think, on the first team this year is quite substantial when you consider logistics. And my point is that they could probably actually, like, if some of these long-term contracts, they didn't have them on the books, like they could probably actually have as competitive a first team squad with a smaller budget. But obviously because these players are under contract and part of the existing budget, they're looking to push out more to strengthen. Like, do you know what I mean? I think if Absolutely, all the yeah. if all the Rovers players were at a contract, you could probably build a very competitive budget team with a budget that is there. You know, and like all these players have done very well at various times, but like at times you just feel like Rovers have they sign players on long term to, to get them ahead of other people. Like someone like Richie Tell, for example, who has like in his time at Rovers has made some big contributions, but he's still coming on, on as a sub right wing back last week. Whereas I'd imagine he's probably you know on terms that would be more in keeping with like the the central midfielder you would build your team around at another club, and they probably need some of these contracts to expire to probably get their budget down and and possibly mightn't affect them too much from the competitiveness element of things. And someone like Sean Gannon, I'm not sure he would be on big books, but imagine it's not bad money either. And he hardly plays. You know, Sean Hard the last couple of weeks hasn't been really involved as much, you know? So, um, you know, so the, 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 they're strong in certain positions and not so much in others, you know? So you feel like, and, and, and we implore them to give long-term contracts to players, but we keep coming with this age profile thing. They're just, they've probably left themselves with little room for manoeuvre in their budget. I would Very say people yeah. talk about clear outs and stuff like yeah. that. They can't really clear these players, some of these players out because they're under contract and will they get those deals matched everywhere else? Probably unlikely, you know. Maybe they'll could, want to go to play. Could, could they, yeah, could they, you know, could, could little fees, you know, change hands or, 
severance deals or whatever it's possible when you get into the last year of your deal it's easier to do that there's a lot going on there well explained but there is yeah um so there's a couple more on that yeah like you know top who which teams have the top three budgets for the 2024 season uh g sung says shamrock rovers definitely um Derry city definitely and w- will the third be shells bows pats i don't know like I, I think the Shells one is good, but there's, there's conflicting stories about how much money is actually going to go into Shells. Uh, I have to say, little like, old uh, Shells, yeah. So you know, I think there's a good chance of them. Galway United, Galway United, yeah. But I mean, they could probably on certain players, they probably could. You know, you wouldn't know what the Comers will do if if Lucas tickled properly <clears throat> enough. You wouldn't know what the budget will be next season yeah. because you, you you can see this. Um, John Caulfield is going to target a lot of players, like a lot of pretty big name players as well, I think. And yeah. he would have, yeah, so that'll be interesting. Jared Brown, a bit harsh. Uh, not the Jared Brown. When Bradley was saying it's even harder to win when certain people are trying to stop you winning, I thought it was very unfair in the likes of Sean Cavanagh and Sean Hoare. Granted, some weeks they've been the opposition's best players, but still, that's harsh. Kavanagh, harsh. I thought Cavanagh was actually quite good against And Charles. he's played a lot as well. Um, um, they, they had problems on the other side. Shane Ford, firstly, apologies to Dan for accosting him outside Tyler from my two young fellas who were amazed to see the podcast host in real life, podcast man. Later clarified that they asked, is that the Galway fan? So, yeah. You know, you bring a certain sort of charisma. Let's just say podcast. Yeah. My, my my question is: Do you think Ronan Finn will play on another season? He's been very good lately. Tough time, first half against Jarvis last week, but they sort of regrouped a bit at halftime. I have to say, Ronan Finn is one of the best pros I've ever seen in League of Ireland. Well, let's see. I'd imagine there's other benefits of of him. Exactly. Than his, yeah. His playing, you know, his playing ability. Yeah. References to presence around the place. Thomas Tormey on a scale of one to box of frogs. How mad was the street burn column in the mirror last Friday? This was a column just basically invest, 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 invest. Mm. He sort of made that point before. I think. Um, I'm sure Stephen Bradley might agree with some of the sentiments contained within it and yeah look Rovers if you're the manager like every manager will look for the most by the way you'll, you, if you're a manager you'll push the boat and look for as much as you can like it's not your job to um, to sort of to, yeah. to, to budget for your club yeah. but as I said like imagine you know if they hadn't signed one or two of these you know marquee players who don't play that much you could have room for like a James Clark coming through or whoever like that's part of the it's looking 18, two, 18 months to two years down the line. As that's one thing that has ahead. disappointed me with Rovers, that that's, that kind of gap between the good young player coming up has kind of just faltered. And they've had an awful lot of, as you say, a lot of players under contract that are basically past their best, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, if, yeah. I, if I may, Dan, just very briefly fan of the show, and this is bullet points on Rovers. Academy and first team divided, poor European showing. This? Fan of the show. Non-results-based brand Non-results-based brand is kind of weakening, in my opinion. Other clubs flying. Jack Byrne, North Standalay is a little deflating. Unlucky that signings haven't hit the ground running. Manus injury had a big impact. Bradley should probably go for himself. It's a shot to nothing. Um, this is the direct comment to you. This could be it, it was, I wasn't. I was looking but for can some you points a, on... Can you give them a pseudonym? Uh, no. No. So, see, see, good, good Rovers fan, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, you see, I just, I don't know. Yeah. About the, in fairness, we have pseudonyms uh, on Twitter. I, I, as well. I do, yeah. I'm just not sure if you're reading in comments from outside um, the mailbag. Academy person, question mark, question mark. Did, uh, mm. <laughs> like, where did you get this in a bottle somewhere? I, mean, I, I just got it there because I. Private in a bottle. <laughs> got it from me. Um, yeah, I, in fairness, they, they, the bullet points do kind of nice. Yeah, well, I, I, just, I, did, I did. I only got that. I in don't know. I think, I think that you've like you've you basically have a dark web of League of Ireland people who who like who pump in con, con, you know sort of comments. To you. It's like the sort of Russian bots trying to influence American elections. Like you definitely have people that are you are an actor represent you. You, you try the odd stat. Oh, shells lost this man. Like where is this coming from? I have so I have suspects where this stuff is coming from. The dark web, Dan. Uh, I know. Very very brief tangent. Did you watch the, the documentary the about well this? 
the Silk Road, which was a means no. of, yeah. Okay, I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll, I'll interrupt your segue there because uh, I actually didn't watch it. Um, Jason Shannon, are Rovers likely to rebuild next season? Um, so I don't know if they are, Jason. This is the thing. Um, does 2024 signal the best chance for a new league winner? Isn't it an indictment in the league? If not, I, I agree with the second part of the clause. I mean, potentially, yes. Um, I mean, if they change manager, um, or if the manager opts to move on, um, then they will probably have a vulnerability there. But it's a bit like we had a point. Everything's um, in place, so Dan, in theory, like the the roadstone that everyone would want to play for Shamrock Rovers. No, and they could have like I mean the crowds, the, Dublin. They could have like nine thousand people at some games if it all goes well. And that's the thing. Like normally, like the pseudonym is Larry, by the, the way. Pro- just, okay. just call him Larry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just come in the there. The problem. The problem. Um, did you ask them for the pseudonym? They were somebody preferred. else suggested. All right. Okay. Okay. But, but the, the this is very very confusing. But the the, <laughs> the, 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 the problem I suppose is that. Generally, like financial collapse, and I'm saying collapse, not going to be collapse, but financial difficulty stories in the past, you can probably point to, well, attendances were very poor. Like, you know, the, the Shells, Bowes teams who are winning with like 1,500 people in the ground, like, you know, they have better crowds now than when they were winning dominant. Like, whereas Rovers have loads of people there. Now, I know they do very attractive ticketing packages. Maybe, maybe you know, they need to pump up some of those prices a little bit. I mean, I, I got advocating like putting up your prices to pay for Dan, it. Dan, the, right the record against UCD. Cork and Drada is pants this season and they're still kind of winning the league comfortably no no I know what you're moment. saying but so but, it's like but yeah but there's obviously I mean, why, some of those games like there's clearly right but okay it'd be well known that there's probably an atmosphere around the club which isn't terrific now it's not mm. a case of the dressing room but it's just a yeah. lot of friction there so um, and there was I mean, Shane Robinson left his position there I don't think the academy and the first team were like having on terrific terms yep. so like there's a, there's just you know it's it, things there like if if it if a, a rival came along that was very united and focused and started the season really well if they had a i think there i think there should be but the problem is no and and, and joe joe uh bitter red boy was onto us going you know uh, when you're talking about rovers dropping points reflecting the league being weak um surely it's a sort of healthy competition that all the teams are taking points off each other well it's a, that's not i i think that's true in terms of the draw to and th- those teams taking yeah. points off but it's more a case that like there should be an outstanding team ready to pounce on the Rovers' vulnerabilities this year, and there isn't, and that's the question yeah. mark about the strength of the league. Derry, Derry would argue that uh, I think injuries to key players at a key time haven't helped them. That's true, but they, they they've had their chances I, I will, to step on them. In I, I, yeah, weeks. so I will. I, I'm not going to name the manager, but oh, this, an, this Larry an, again, an ex manager from the League of Ireland, and uh, you can even maybe you'll be able to guess Larry. who this is, but it's like. Jesus Christ, how do you concede the goal that Derry City conceded against Shamrock Rovers when you're 1-0 up in that game? Yeah. You just don't. And he's like, looking for a second goal? What? This is madness. Absolute madness. I agree, yeah. sh- and that was a killer. Sh- I mean, even looking back on that, they, they probably could have, there probably was a point to foul at some point in that move. Anywhere the, that wasn't the, Graham Burke the, in the, the box. The, the, the Clark, yeah, exactly. Like the, the Clark pass that ran down the sideline, Burt, it was a bit, fr- I was actually right in front of it. The ball looked like it was going to play and they just, that fatal switch off, but there must have been a point earlier where someone does the foul. But anyway, FEI Cup, Matthew and Luke Nolte about the same question. What would it be a bigger upset, Cork beating Pats or Galway beating Bowes? Pats have obviously just gone down to Cork Somewhere. and won um, without a re- recognised right back. Controversy in of that thing. game. Yeah. Now, I, it has come to my attention that people from St. Patrick's Athletic might feel that I've been harsh on them in recent weeks. Um, have you? Uh, I don't believe so, but then I would say that. I mean, I'm I'm the judge. I'm the judging my own performance here. Uh, I think where there's been a bit of negativity around Pats from my end is probably in the context of them being talked about as title challengers. 
Um, well, they were uh, until they lost to yeah, who's it? But I guess my, 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 my point is, it's not like, I've watched them in a couple of games where they probably are being judged to a higher standard than Shells, Bowes and Dundalk in the context of we're not talking about any of those clubs as title challengers. So six points off the top of the No, moment. I know. But my point is, okay, don't don't feel the need to, to get on board with the Pats people. I don't might, think Pats have been playing well. I don't you. think Pats have been playing um, particularly well. Like, the, the point is that, like, for me, I don't, I don't think I don't think it's unfair to say that they haven't been playing particularly well. They haven't. Lately. So it's there's nothing like there's nothing that's particularly vicious about pointing out that in the recent games they haven't played particularly well. That's also for me talking to Pats fans because I haven't seen that much of Pats of late. Yeah, um, but they know they haven't. And um, like and they went to Cork last week. Big again, win. a big win. Controversial. Again, there was a, a a a you know people have seen this like one of the worst sendings off for the season, which is I mean it's a high bar. I do think I, I said I'm not going to go out referees again. And Oliver Moore there's a message about his performance in the game generally, which seems like it was could have been better. I mean, it's a horrendous decision. But this is a little bit of a thing about the appointments. You don't want, like, you see this VAR stuff in, in England at the moment and it's ripe for, like, conspiracy theories about this and that. And you want to avoid that in the league. Like, Rob Hennessy did both of the Shamrock Rovers and Bowes games in Tallaght this year. Yeah. After the first one was settled by, like, you know, the, uh, and people in the refereeing community have said to me, Affle Abbey decision, dreadful, dreadful. He does the next game. Like, that, that like there needs to be a little timetable or a little sort of a, a system that's done. It says, well, hang on, if there's a little bit of a, a an issue with a ref in this place, maybe don't send them to that fixture again because if, if they make mistakes in that one or there's controversial decisions, people will think it's part of a vendetta. I don't believe, right, to be clear, I don't believe that refs have vendettas against clubs. Everyone feels like they're put upon, right? I don't agree, I don't subscribe to that. You have this growing up, oh, there's a Dublin ref coming down to referee and like, ref, coming Why do you make a Damien Duff's because, comments? Because then? of course, everyone, yeah. in du- everyone in Dublin is a fan of all of the Dublin clubs and would much rather, yeah. would much rather mm-hmm. Dublin club win I agree with John Gee, like, that, like that paranoid I, I agree nonsense. John but, but Damien, no, no, Damien, 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 Damien sorry we, we, this we, is a, let's, like, I know I know you, you've been dying to make the point about I haven't Duff and Paul McLaughlin no you have you've it just come into my head so we've, had, we've, had Paul, we've had Paul McLaughlin show. you're saying yeah. Damien Duff is basically implying a vendetta by his comments Paul McLaughlin doesn't really have the right to reply Damien Duff was a joke on that penalty decision it's never a penalty yeah, and you, you say so don't call I do have a good relationship referees I'm not saying standard is great but don't name check somebody, um, especially when you're completely wrong on that but, penalty but I decision. Think that I, Paul McLaughlin wasn't even obviously starting. He didn't yeah, even start the game the, as a referee. Paul McLaughlin has had bad games, good games. But Damien Duff has to have a bit more respect when you name somebody who basically can't reply. No, I, I take that and point. And it's also a terrible call I by take him, that point. as in Damien Duff. That's never a penalty. I think there's... I, I don't think that's <sighs> never a penalty. It's, a, it's, it's never a but penalty. But yeah. Well, okay, but I can understand in the context of an aftermath of a game, when emotions are high 20 minutes after it, that when it's the same referee who earlier in the season missed one of the most blatant yes. handballs in the history yeah. of football. Yeah. And later in the season, the same referee doesn't give you a handball in the 94th minute when you believe it's a penalty rightly or wrongly. Okay, I understand why... But this is the point. There's a small pool of referees yeah. that leads to people, everyone thinking that everyone's out to get them, right? So like, for example, is Paul McLaughlin going to do a Shells game in the next two weeks? He probably, like, in the moment, he probably shouldn't, right? Just take him out of that, take him out of that situation situation uh, and will that happen who knows people in Cork are onto this a bit now and it's not a Cork thing but Ray Matthews did Cork City against Shells in week 6 and his next Premier Division appointment was week 12 when he did Shells against Cork City Gavin Colfer has done 4 Premier Division games this season all UCD games like there's a there's 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 a couple of issues 
with this, you know, um, and I understand there might be logistical reasons and certain people have gone, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think like the Rob Hennessy one stood out to me is like, lads, surely you just draw a list. I agree, I agree. He, does yeah. that, he doesn't do Rovers bows again this season just to avoid to avoid that. But anyway, let's go back to the mailbag. Um, a couple of more quicker ones. The cup. Will Johnny give his Galway ticket to the poor bows folk? Well, I think you're on a press pass. Bobby Harper and amongst others, is it worth considering a larger percentage than the 10% of tickets be held for the away side in such a game? I think that's become a bigger issue because of the nature of this season's semi-finals. Um, people talking about neutral semi-finals. I'm not so sure we Derry Treaty last year would you play that neutrally once you decide you have home advantage for a cup semi-finals you sort of have to play by home team rules we need bigger grounds my, we, we do yeah. we do I think you're all running away from that I don't think I don't think we have a strong enough situation to guarantee that neutral semi-finals would work would you do it geographically would you play no I would agree you play in you. Longford you know no I don't agree with that I have Jeez, to say how many how many Bose fans would they You'd end up in Dublin how, all the time how many Bose fans would they actually bring to Galway if they could or, Pat, it's, you know, like, or Pat's the Cork I mean Pat's mm. tennis is incredible you know mm. um but um yeah there's there's, there's I, I understand the argument could you go from 10% to 20% in some grounds it, there might be issues with like you know the security cordon of where you can put people and it mightn't be 10 or 20 it could be safer to give 12 or 15 percent or whatever depending on the layout with a grand it's so it's so much better for the cup that the two games are in galway it's a great it's a they they, are brilliant they look well as well they are brilliant semi-finals i agree is galway's agricultural style the perfect uh reality check for teams in the premier they've gone soft in two possession sake and any chance johnny can put a few of us up in galway and suggest decent places tom at tom.com we'll come back to that yeah why will cork be pats in the cup lose to galway in the final and then it gets sent down by Calvin. Well, I mean, that will be it's it's funny that man like, steps on rake. The the, the, the the first question about Galway's physicality, like look at them dogs defending then in the game against um Pats, like really, really light defending on like kind of just agricultural balls. So I think Galway United got a pretty soft Dundalk team. They did. Um so Bows are going to be prepared I, and Bows are pretty physical players as well. Both. Are you recommending any places for anyone? Um, are you putting anyone up? I you're going back to the stand. I don't, so no I don't live in Galway, and uh, as you know, I don't even my home place is in, in Galway City, and uh, I actually don't even know the city as well as I should. Um, you're going to have a great, but you're going to have a great day, lads. Remember though, it's a long day. Like just, the game is uh, early. <laughs> you know, Bo's fans coming to Galway. You know, hashtag anything could happen. Yeah, I mean, they do like they like to party. Yeah, they do like to party. Yeah, yeah it's like they're talking about them like the Irish fans uh, at a major. We all party. We all, we all party. I, I have party with Bo's fans. They're going to have a. I mean Galway Galway 3 o'clock effectively on a Saturday afternoon hashtag chaos on the semi-finals at 2.40pm to be clear for TV yeah. purposes don't, <laughs> don't arrive at 3 um, I do think is it, is it the opposite of the self-fulfilling prophecy here that we've spoken for so much about the like there's no way Bowes could be unprepared for what they're going to get from Galway like it's inexcusable if they are and then do Galway try and like play surprise them because they're going to anticipate Galway are going to approach the game in this Ollie way. Horgan was referenced in uh, yeah the there was a reference to Ollie Horgan he was trying to go under the radar uh, <laughs> last week until it was pointed out he's one of the most recognisable <laughs> figures in the league and he put his hood down as he was leaving the ground um, no need Ollie I think we can see just a bit of hair probably coming out the back but um, yeah I mean the, the Cork Pats game sorry we didn't really answer which would be a bigger surprise I I, yeah, I think it's actually 50-50 for me on the surprise front well, I mean, Cork if, and Pats are still in the same division Pats as I said, like we're 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 judging Pats by high standards, right? It's not. It's from the case that, that they've won the cup two years ago and finished second last year. They had a great run at the end of the season. Um, they have a little bit of continuity in terms of 
Clancy going and Daly taking over. And yeah, maybe we, maybe at times we were a little bit too kind to like the Doc's recent run. Um, the betting's practically maybe, maybe to Jerry and Murray Higgins like you know you know, could they be doing better but my point is maybe it's just the games I've been at but I saw Pats against Shells and Talca where you know, Shells were the better team for most of that and game the, the first half against the dog very unconvincing they've lost to Drada and they've had a bit of luck in Cork they are not playing particularly well now it could well be a brilliant thing for them that they've had a little bit of a blip at this point of the season when you know it's a long season for everyone and maybe get a bit of a recharge in this international break and you look at their best players on paper if they're not suspended like you know they've got a chance I mean they've got a chance to win the cup and finish third which would represent to be clear absolutely a great season uh, I just don't see them as the, I didn't see them as title challengers when people were talking about it because there was okay. no way their performances we get it. You love on that, the eye it. test were good enough. Uh, very, very briefly, the betting is basically the exact same in the games. Galway and Cork. Um, Galway and Cork are the same outsiders. And interestingly, Bohemians are a lot shorter for this game than Dundalk were, even though Bows aren't really much better than Dundalk, if better than them at all. And we hockey Dundalk. So it doesn't really add up that we should be even bigger yeah. in the betting Could now. Be in the um, Call it. I think Pat should probably have enough. Not confidence. I think both should probably have enough. But I, I, I really That's not a prediction. I, um, if I were to predict, I'm going. I'll, I'll give my prediction while you prorogate. I think everyone has got into the mode of there's going to be a shock. There's going to be a shock. There has to be a shock. Someone's going to fall. I've said it to people numerous times. One of them won't get through. I've changed my mind. I think the two Dublin teams will get through. I do as well, but uh, I'd be very hopeful for going out as well. But that place rocking. Um, Got so- be, be better chance for me. Going yeah, I think it's pretty close. How going now to deal with Afalabi and that now is going to be interesting and the pace the Bows have. Um, they, ha- they have been warned. Got to be better chance. And Cork in a weird way. I mean, it's like they need to concentrate in the playoffs too. You know, that's... I mean, imagine them in the cup final. They probably would lose a playoff if they had to upset but their What an incentive right for all four teams to get uh, to Europe and to get to the Viva Stadium or the Aviva as you horribly call it. <laughs> Sorry, I've seen that. will be there later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric Dunnigan was this one of your partners and he posted a screenshot from Fesshole which Fesshole is this thing on on, on uh, X or Twitter where people make in, put in confessions of various things they've mm. done um, I made up football season is back my boyfriend and his two mates have a podcast all about everything that has happened that week I put it on at night as their boring rambling sends me into a peaceful sleep probably now Eric I mean it's a bit harsh I say boyfriend well then it's, it must be if it was but the football season is back it's in September so mm. it's not us but, probably, you know. probably is yeah but Eric you know I'll probably give yeah. Eric the mailbag for <laughs> spotting it Put, going for the effort of, uh, of doing that Ryan Clark Justin Johnny's mentioned the Bros programme last year and for the last number this of seasons this is a seasons, lovely message it has made a healthy profit for the club as a contributor as we're pointing out given the doom and gloom and there was plenty of that last week thanks for the people who sent pictures of Johnny you know miserable rain related shots uh, with the future of match programs credit to editor Alan Bird well done Alan it should be pointed out fair play Pelstar how many more billionaire owners do Derry need before they can afford to replace their plastic pitch I think they are going to make work on the ground over the winter and even though it's a council venue I think Philip O'Doherty is going to do some of that himself Pelstar to be fair you had other comments about the Comers which I probably can't read uh, for legal reasons Deco having won the National Underage League final under 14 level in 2021 and now getting to the end of McGuill Cup final with a 9-1 hammering of Bray are Galway going to be a major player in the Premier in the coming years mm. good underage team I, I'm sure I do believe that there's a couple of 
teams at underage level in the country who are regarded as being very competitive at underage level in terms of their approach to winning does that necessarily mean long term well there was the uh, Gold United Shamrock Rovers game from earlier this season there's a couple of clubs that Um, might be in that bracket Mark Murphy who puts together the highlights of matches we've talked to earlier point both bows and draw to hit the crossbar I would say I heard that Sam Durant missed a sitter in the Dundalk draw the game last week from three yards out I watched the highlights looking to see it and I couldn't see it I've met a point before but I do think like we're very lucky to have some of this stuff but clearly yeah, aspects yeah. can be better Stephen Koo pointed out uh, I put up the picture of you and your or put up the video of you because you're doing the Pat Hoobin tribute night as the MC, um, and we will talk about that closer to the time I think um, but is that the infamous blazer if not will we get the blazer on the night will you wear the blazer when you're hosting the Pat Hoobin tribute the night collar and cuff blazer collar and cuff collar and cuff uh, sure why not Oriel Express had a picture of people in Sheehan's watching the golf. Again, just not football, is it? Uh, Kev Moll, will Sean Connor come looking for any League of Ireland talent in his new role with Cape Town Spurs? I mean, Sean Connor has got an incredible job, it looks like, in South Africa. I mean, there you go. Um, yeah, Ernie Talla, how many red card appeals have been successful in men and women's League of Ireland this year? I checked this out, the answer is none. I didn't think there was any. I think there's been maybe five or six appeals. Jamie P, which club is the best match day grub inside stadium, pub outside pre-game? Um... Yeah, send us your treaty. Your, had a very impressive. I don't know pizza. enough Sorry, about this. Ker- Kerry had very impressive. I like the pizzas. pub. Clo- I love the pub close to Cork City that does very good food. Mm. Is it Turner's Cross Tavern? Is it? Um, yeah, and they also not have the one the where not, flag, not the one. It? No, not the one where have the corner flag. Yeah. There's a place down the road which is actually does good food, but uh, I don't really know enough. It, I'm it, interested. In it, this. It, it just just on that, like but, I, I think the the, the League of Ireland clubs do, do really need to embrace this. So get people uh, in the ground, like local proper food businesses, and it's part of that whole community thing. Because st- like even the standard in Terryland is still terrible, Dan. Like, yeah, well, yeah, there's definitely more terrible. to be done, but there is places around the place. But I, Pat's have a nice. Uh, brunch place beside it but it's only if you're there during the day like, there's, there's, mm. there's definitely some places that are improved but I'm not sure about match night I'd be interested to hear interested to hear the views of people and then Greg and Greg, as well, Greg, sorry, yeah, yeah. Greg got a message I'm not in the anti-pyro camp but some over the top usage and data mentioned Oriel at the weekend uh, data meant last Monday that would be for both yeah. shells Oriel at the weekend yeah I, it was pointed out I, I sort of made some inquiries about this to like an Oriel Park bit of complaints recently about why is the dock not on TV a big issue is the fireworks underneath there of drifting up onto the gantry and RT basically don't want to go there Um. I think there is going to be fines. There was a shells display on the Monday. I think there's going to be fines coming to clubs, I think, for Monday and Friday. So for I think shells the dog had a, uh, I'm not sure. I think I, yeah. I think you like well, the Rovers incident in Waterford with the firework mm. was, was mm. went back to Rovers. They nearly had a game behind closed doors. So it will come back to the away club. And if if it's deemed to be the away club that are guilty, um it was pointed out to me, you know, people of asthma, you know, that can be an issue for them. The dairy, I think, have made strides this year, zero tolerance campaign. Um I think, I think they're visually the, great. The FBI are pushing clubs to publish their fines but I mean there's a real safety issue with them mm. and yeah. the point has been made that I think in Dundalk like the, they had a blogger out there filming this and using it as part of their promotion the YouTuber stuff but like if it's actually unsafe for the people in the gantry like even that you don't have the fireworks directly underneath the gantry do it somewhere else mm. I mean, I'm not advocating doing it at all I agree with you You'll, you would use the colour as part of the atmosphere but clearly like that can flip. That debate can flip in one firework going in the wrong direction. Yeah, someone, blinding someone. someone. And then the whole, and then and then it's live line. And then it's everything. Yeah. So you want to be careful what you wish for. Uh, we've got to wrap up our quiz business. Last week's question was, before we go to do some journalism in the Aviva Stadium, uh, or you do, um, in Lansdowne Road, uh, the question was, can you name the last Aviva manager? Aviva Stadium's five, fine, not the Aviva. That's like saying the insurance, like the, the Aviva. What the fuck? They're going to change the name. And it's not, the Aviva. So when you referred to Bolton, like. like the Reebok Stadium, when you're on off the ball, you say the Emirates Stadium or Emirates. Do you say Etihad Stadium or Etihad? What do you do? 
I don't know, to be honest. I know no, what you're none, doing. None of you I've heard you say the Emirates before, so it's exactly the same principle. But none of, sorry, it isn't because none of these existed as a ground. It's Lansdowne Road, right? Oh, no, I, I agree, I agree with you on that it, point. It's not the Aviva, though. But a lot of people refer to it colloquially as the Aviva. Let, let's go to the Aviva. No, Aviva's I, I, an insurance shop. I take like, your point, but Lansdowne Road is a road. Is. Like, I, yeah. I, I would prefer to use the traditional name of the stadium, but I understand how it slips into language. Jerry Farrell was the winner last week. For the question, which and was... And the question was... Yeah, do it in that order. Um, the manager who won the first division and the FBI Cup in the same year it was William McStay in 1994 and the winner was Jerry Farrell this week's question we threw it over to you and as I mentioned William McStay did feature in the Bose programme because it was a double edition and Sligo so again it was like that was a lovely programme and yeah. it was nice to get this this one Dan just for argument's sake because we had the Irish Football Magazine so I was looking back in this particular year coming to the end of the 99-2000 season Dundalk were third the turn in, of the century in Dundalk were third behind Bray Wanderers and Longford Town, which would be Stephen Kenny. Yeah. Um, and below them were seven teams, right, in the 10-team first division. Five of these teams either don't exist or are no longer in the League of Ireland, right? Three of those teams are Limerick, although, I mean, they've probably been named about 10 different times since. Monaghan United, sadly, no longer in the League of Ireland. St. Francis, obviously, um, still a club, but not in the League of Ireland. Who are the other two? And yeah. these two clubs either don't exist anymore or simply do not play yeah. in the League Basically, of Ireland. At the, turn of the, at, turn, at the turn of the century, half of the teams in the first division, half of those teams are no longer in the League of Ireland at the moment. And we've named three. Can you name the other two? That's basically what the question is. So, who knows what's going to happen here. But Johnny is going from here to Lansdowne Road to Dublin for... The Aviva. ...to do some journalism. What may follow... The clips that follow may include contributions from people at Galway United. For Johnny, the first time let's, in... Let's what, see. I did nothing the, happen with Galway the, this The season. suspense is here. Can he do it? Let's go and see who you spoke to. So, yeah, we sent Johnny along to the Aviva Stadium and he started off by catching up with some Galway United friends, um, or friends of sorts anyway, uh, Brendan Clark and Conor McCormick. And after that, you'll hear Johnny's chat with Jonathan Affidabby from Bowes. Um, Conor McCormick, you know this venue. Uh, what's it like to play in? Johnny, how are you? How are um, you? <laughs> great. Good to see you again. Great to see you. Um, no, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's the pinnacle of a League of Ireland uh, professional player. At the end of the season, you always look um, to when the cup final is and if you can make it. So, um, look, it's a great day out, but we'll not get too carried away. We have a massive game on, on Saturday. Same question to you, actually. What's this place like? Yeah, it's, it's great, yeah. What's your win? Um, so as I said, both of us have, have good and, and bad memories here. And but like 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 Connor says, it's it's the, it's the pinnacle of the League of Ireland football, and and uh, to be here for the showpiece is a uh, is is a really exciting week. And I think you only have to be part of it to understand what it is. Um, but again, we ha- we have to get there first, and we're, we're not uh, we're not counting any. Uh, Taking anything for granted, uh, we have a massive game on Saturday to uh, to try and win. You were talking to the press after the Dundalk game, and you felt that there was a lack of respect. That um, it was like, oh, golly, it'd be, it'd be great to be back in, in the Premier Division, but it's more like the stature of the club. And um, I, I was one of the people that probably thought Dundalk would win, like which I did. Um, what, what were you getting at there? I just felt that in the build up to the game, there was more talk about certain people coming back to Galway um, 
and not a lot of talk about how dangerous we might be as a team or how good we were in, in individually or whatever and what, what threats we had it, it seemed to be uh, let's say a, a lap of honour for some people to come back to Terryland What was that game like? You were telling us how many players had been moved on to you and moved off you and everything seemed to go like clockwork on it yeah, look, uh, we had our homework done, to be fair, and look at Clarkie pulls off an unbelievable save in the first five or six minutes. It could have, could have changed the, it could have changed the game a little bit, um, but we stuck to our game plan. Um, we scored a lot of goals early on, which was great. We could have scored more, um, but look, uh, it was a great occasion. It's a great occasion for Galway United, you know, and uh, it's a good experience for a lot of the players that haven't played um, in quarterfinals at a cup either. So that's a good set in stone, obviously going into this Saturday. But um, look, uh, it was a great night, and personally for me, um, do you mind being right back? No, no, I don't. No, I've played a lot of games at right back as well. So look, um, I don't mind. You know, uh, playing wherever I, uh, I'm, like I'm pretty used to it. Um, so yeah, uh, so over the years, like I've, I've played in many positions like in that. But um, I'll just play wherever the manager asks me to. It's funny, like Conor Kearns moved Shelburne. People have said he's had a great season, but how big of a signing was Brendan? Clark, he's the best. He's like he's been the best uh, signing, I think. You know, uh, in the whole country, to be honest. Um, he's reliable. He's a good lad around the dressing room. He's experienced. Um, he doesn't take any you know uh, below standards uh, like, like in anything you know so he's been uh, magnificent for us he's kept us in games when we needed him and uh, as I said there he pulled off a massive save there in the quarterfinal against the Dock, which was definitely um, a bit of a turning point What's changed from last season even like McCarthy and Hurley look to have had far better seasons this season maybe than they had last season Ollie Horgan has come in signings at the back signs up front what's changed? Um, we've changed a bit of the backroom staff as well uh, there's more experienced players come in, as we said there, like Clarkey, especially like uh, starting from number one. Um, Rob Slevin's come in. He's he played at um, in the Premier Division. Uh, Regan Donlan at the back, you know. So they're experienced players that have been around the league a lot. Um, and so uh, we don't concede that many goals. And when you don't concede that many goals, you don't lose too many matches. And uh, that's all well and good. But then you hit Dundalk for four, like a shell shocked Dundalk team in the first half. Yeah, look, we are very confident in what we can do. You know. Um, we we've been pretty used to winning this year in in the first division, so we knew if we can keep a clean sheet, keep it tight, don't give them too many chances that we'll create one or two. And uh, lucky enough that we created, well, we scored on the four that night, but uh, we created a lot more. We could have been more, but um, so I said there, like uh, we're very confident in what we can do, and uh, like especially at home when the crowd's behind you, um, there's no better place to play football at the minute. Yeah, and I remember being on to you this time last year. It was like, has John Coffey been in touch? And I think he was the day after or before. Like, what was your thought process at that time? Uh, look, when obviously I'd had the conversation with, with Damien at, at Shells and and uh, knew I wasn't going to be there. And and um, was that hard to take or? Oh, look, I, I, there was there's no no bad feelings, no hard feelings. He's uh, he texted me after the Kerry game. We had a bit of back and forth, a bit of banter about A. Dervin actually. Um, and uh, no, it, it, look, it was fine. It was uh, I've I've gone my separate ways from from managers and plenty of times in the past. And look, this is this this was uh, totally football and reasons um, or whatever 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 way he put it. Mm. Um, but look, once once the, once the gaffer got in touch, um, I drove down um, to meet him, see what the drive was like, whatever. But we met him in in, in a hotel and. To be fair, he, he took me around Galway in the car and showed me where we were training, the facilities, the uh, 
Galway as a whole itself, which was, you know, it kind of sells itself, as, as you well know. Um, as you keep saying in all the pods, it's a, it's, it's a great place to play football um, and a really attractive place. And, and look, he, he, he put it to me that we weren't looking to go to get promotion through the playoffs. We weren't looking for any favours from anyone. We were coming to win the league, and that, that's that's it, um, and, and that really appealed to me. What were you thinking when you were like John Crawford and Ollie Horgan as a duo, and has it been exactly as you expected? Or I, I joke about it, but if, if we had an all or nothing Galway United kind of uh, behind the scenes documentary, it would it probably blow everything else out of the water that that, that Amazon have done or whoever. Imagine saying a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, but look, it's it's brilliant. The two brilliant football people. Um, Two, I don't, I don't know how it works. It works, does it? Like, it yeah. One is uh, John's been used to fighting at the top of the tables yeah. all his life. Ollie's no disrespect to him, but he's been down the bottoms, you know, and fighting for survival with Finn Harps and uh, punching above his weight and keeping that club af- afloat for so long has been unbelievable. So the two of them just work off each other and they're uh, fantastic. Um, so uh, there's even games there we could be three or four nil up at half time and Ollie's coming in he's giving out about something you know so that's the type of uh, like a man he is that he expects uh, like that he demands from us um, he's very good he keeps our feet on the ground every time he doesn't let us smell ourselves at all even in training um, he actually only mentioned it yesterday yeah. if you remember it yeah so he's uh, look uh, the two lads have been around a long time they're really really experienced they're two phenomenal managers in in themselves they've been very successful and uh, we're just absolutely delighted to have them on board at um, Gala and do, do you get any are you anyway offended by people talking about the style of football because it's 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 not like tippy tap ticky tacky whatever it's obviously very effective like is, there is a game plan there yeah absolutely the, the, the game plan is to win games Johnny well, what, yeah. what is our style of football <laughs> I think it's like get the ball to very good wingers and very good at set pieces um, and, and not concede goals really that's football isn't it mm. What is the style of football? Win games. Mm. Three points up for if it's on to play, play. If and do not, you play different for us? Like you, you knew what to do against Sundalk. You were basically prepped. Like this is how we can beat them. Yeah. Well, I mean, every opposition has their own style of play, and you know, the, the staff, Ollie, John, Chris Collipe's phenomenal coach goes. Not to talk about Chris. Really under the radar, Chris. I, I don't know what I haven't heard anything about Chris, but he's just from within actually from going out of play. Phenomenal. His 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 detail is excellent. Um, he's only a young coach. Um, but but his his details is is, is exceptional um, and has been a massive um, plus for us this year. Kind of I know I've I've been around a long time as as has Connor not so long. Um, Did you know much about him? For like uh, is no. from Limerick, Granton? No, didn't didn't. Obviously, uh, Killian and and Ed would have would have come across him in in Limerick and Treaty or whatever. Um, but I suppose when. when when you get to know John and the type of person he is and, and the type of person he wants in the camp, um, you understand that he, he trusts Chris straight away and, and, and once he has trust in someone, then you know they're obviously going to be, be very good at their jobs. Wrap up shortly, but it mu- like you're getting another chance to Premier Division next season, well, you must be absolutely thrilled about all going well. It, that was that was the plan. Um, all going well, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we'll, we'll sit down at some stage. And what is your situation, or? Yeah, well, I signed a one-year contract at at the start of the year, but I'm sure we'll, we'll sit down and have a chat in due course. He must be all right, will he be? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you never know. Uh, we look forward to this game yeah. on uh, on Saturday first, and we get that out of the what's way. What's it like for you to be to be back in the Premier Division? Yeah, look, 
like that's why I came to Galway, you know. Um, it's a bit of a sleeping giant. John's obviously there to be a winner. Um, I knew that. I knew the project that he was committed to. Um, he brought me down, and look, uh, it might have took us a wee bit longer than than people expected, but um, we got it over the line this year, and in good style and good fashion and we were only delighted to get Galway United back into the Premier Division where it's, it should be yeah it's, it's not a call to Aaron's but like the place hopping on Saturday would make a big difference yeah absolutely absolutely that's um, like we were saying there uh, the whole players were before the Dundalk game you know even in the warm up and that like there was a good atmosphere and um, we've made it a bit of a bit of uh, a fortress this year you know we've won all our uh, games um, at home this year so look uh, it's going to be a massive test now this Saturday so hopefully it's a, it's another repeat of uh, the quarter final Different test to Dundalk I suppose Different test yeah um, different teams different players um, different managers so but we, we won't um, we won't change from, from what we do we, we absolutely 100% respect everyone we play um, even Bangor in the first round Ollie went and watched Bangor. In, yeah. I think they played in Kilbarrick. I think I'm not sure whoever yeah, they played. Ollie travels around, right? yeah. yeah, and he does. He does. He does a due diligence. We we have video. We've we've analysis um, on, on everyone. We 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 fully respect everyone. We we treat the Bangor game as we did the UCD game, as we did the UCD second game, as we did the Dundalk game, and as we do this game. We, we look. We know we're not expected to win on Saturday. Um, but look, we uh, we'll, we'll do everything in our power to uh, to come back here in November. So if you do get a cup final, one of you will take it upon yourselves to put to the two managers that you're going to have a behind the scenes thing next season uh, on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, well, only if we get a cut out of it. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, typical badge. Best of luck on Saturday, anyway, lads. Thank you very much. Cheers, Johnny. Appreciate that. I better start, John. A lot of people have a few quid in you, like 66 to 1 to win the top score. I hear you're aware of that as well. No fresh in the cuff, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard some bits. I've got some messages from fans, obviously, saying they want to take me out for dinner <laughs> if I end up at the top. So, uh, yeah, I've got all the extra motivation to try to go for it. What's happened? Like, is it a goal scorer thing? You just get into a, a confidence thing, or what has it been? Because you were, I guess, you were a slow burner this season. Um, yeah, yeah. At the start of the season, my, I would say my performances were just missing goals, um, and I managed to put that in halfway through the season. So um, I say it's a habit. Once you get a good habit, then it just it just becomes a part of you. So um, making sure you just, as a striker, you need to be greedy. So get get as many shots off as you can. Um, so yeah, a lot of work put on uh, on on and off the pitch. We've had help with the staff and the coach, um, staying back after training and hit, making sure to hit the target is many times as possible so uh, yeah it all came together and helped me on the pitch so yeah the mind goes back to the goal against Shamrock Rovers when it was like turn swivel off the post how big was that for you in terms of getting your season going yeah that goal was almost in instinct I'd say edge of the box the ball just bubbled up and uh, I just had a crack at it and kind of knew where the goal was so to do that all in one movement it's just um, the type of instinct that a striker needs so um, yeah it was definitely a big moment in, in the goal scoring run what was your thought process at the start season come back to League of Ireland? It was definitely to, to do what I'm doing now, to be uh, to impress and score as many goals to help the club and uh, try and hopefully end up with some silverware. So uh, we're definitely focused on on the last five games of the season and we want to win every single one. You, I guess as a player you need to be playing as well, like in terms of like what age is, you need your career to kind of kickstart I suppose. Yeah exactly, this is my first full season um, and I'm 23 so 
it's definitely a big thing to be playing football week in, week out. Um, being away, obviously, it was a good experience and I was grateful for all my loan moves and the goals I scored there and all the pointers I've got from managers. But at the end of the day, you need to be somewhere where, where we are effectively loved and um, you're going you're gonna to play football. So I have the opportunity here and I'm grateful for it. How do you mean by that you need to be loved? Like, Is, is that what you feel at Bowes, I suppose? Yeah, I'd say that's an extra factor. I'd say that um, it's not something you're always going to get because football is cutthroat. But if you're somewhere that that you are uh, loved essentially, um, then you feel like you could just play here forever. You got and you got a call up as well for Ireland. So like, you're I suppose you're a good example of what the League of Ireland can do in for a young player's career. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, it's improved a lot. I've, I've kept an eye on it since I was away for like the past six, seven years, and it's been improving every year. There's players from England coming on loan here and uh, it's improving the standard of football the the coverage that the league gets and um, I think I think it's always going to go on that trajectory now because um, everything just seems to be coming together teams are improving and everything's more competitive so um, the gap from top to bottom may not be as big um, anymore as what we used to see Is it nice playing at home as well? Uh, in terms of daily mount? Yeah, in, in, in Ireland like basically or Dublin like Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. You, do, you enjoy it knowing your family's around. You have your family down the road, down the M50, and you have your club up the other way. It's it's, it's always a it's a good feeling to have everyone around you. You you're kind of I guess you could end up top scorer this season as well. Um, have you felt that your stature has risen in the sense of that you are a rare thing to leave Ireland where your striker is scoring goals? As in, as has your own stature risen in terms of like your I guess to put it another way, clubs will want you next season as well. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll be aware of that. Um, obviously, but I haven't, I haven't really thought about it. My full focus is on bows right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to finish the season as strongly as possible, and then we can um, assess everything and then uh, see what happens from there. Well, how far could you go in terms of your own ability? Do you think? Um, I, I'd, I'd like to think I can go to the very top. Obviously, you can't sell yourself, yourself short in football. Uh, you just have to work. And what do you need to improve? Uh, I'd say everything. You can improve on everything in football. Is even down to fitness, not even stuff on the pitch. You can just, you can just say fitness, like um, say heading, head my heading ability. Other things, there's, there's other things I can name. I can't think of right now, but um, I don't think anyone should stop ever trying to improve. If you can improve every area of your game, you, you'll find yourself at a, at a decent level. What do you make of the standard of the Bowls players around you, actually? Yeah, it's very high. Um, a lot of people came in from last season. There was a big turnover in players, uh, and obviously Keith, the one that brought me in, he's, he was not, he ended up leaving as well. So seeing um, different qualities come in, players that have won the league before, won the cup before, played abroad, um, players from Poland. So you're seeing different qualities in there. That, that there's competition everywhere in every position, and. Uh, a lot of us haven't had the easiest of seasons. Some people stepping in and out of the team, and uh, we have to accept that because it's for the team. And we always perform as uh, as a as a group. And uh, I feel like we're having a good season, and we we want to end it strong and try to get five out of five wins in the last in the last window. Obvious question to end up. What would it be like playing here in a cup final? I tell you what, when I walked out here with the with the Ireland team, even though I wasn't involved, it was hearing the national anthem and um, seeing the lights. A packed stadium. It definitely gave me that extra motivation to 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 want to be back here uh, and play a final. And I know how big it is for the fans, especially the fans uh, obviously missed out on the cup the uh, a couple of years ago. I think when they lost the penalty shootout, that must have been 
very hard to, to bear for them. So um, they would obviously want to be back here just as much as we do. But um, we have a job on our hands on Saturday first, and we're gonna want to get over that line. Best of luck as well to all those on at 66 to one. Yeah, yeah, whoever has money on that, good luck to them as well. We have bring a you to chapter one or something like that. Yeah, I'm dying for a dinner. <laughs> Tom, man. Thanks, John. Cheers, my man. Don't worry, Johnny did actually speak to people about the other semi-final too. So, yeah, you'll hear next from Keen Coleman, uh, the real Keen Coleman, not the boring Keen Coleman from Twitter. Um, and then you'll also hear some brief words with Jamie Denon from St. Pat's. That's ahead of the Sunday semi-final. Obvious question: Are you are you actually boring? Are you a sound fella? Like I don't know. Some people might think I'm boring. I think I'm alright though. <laughs> um, what does the cup mean to you? I guess for Cork City, it's a it's a, it's a slightly weirder situation in the sense that the other clubs are concentrating on loftier ambitions than staying up. Yeah, um, it's a good distraction for us, I suppose, from the league. Um, look, the forms in the league and the results haven't been good all season. Obviously, it's clear to see that. But uh, it's a very good distraction for us. But to, to be one game away from coming back here is unbelievable. So look, we're, we're ready to go for it. Has the managerial situation been hard to keep? Um, I suppose to keep to keep uh, playing to your high standards. Has been a little bit of upheaval and so on. No, not really. Um, you know, we're professional footballers. We, no matter what happens, we need to keep our standards high. So look, whatever happens, we look. It's we showed on Friday. It was a good performance, even though we lost the game. Um, so look, we need to go into Sunday with a better performance again if we want to win. How long are you at City now, Keen? Three seasons, I'd say. I was there since I was 16, and then I was gone, I'd say 20. So I think it's three seasons now, yeah. So you're, when you kind of had a chat with the fans, that was something that came from your heart as well, I suppose? Definitely, look, they, they spent their hard-earned money to come up and watch us play on a Monday night up in Dundalk. Um, and look, to be honest, we all know as players, and the fans know as well, that the performance wasn't good enough. So, look, I just thought I was right to go over and apologise, even though that's still not enough for the performance. I thought I was right to... I thought I felt like I needed to do it. How did that happen in your head, like, I'll... Like obviously they were frustrated after the match, rightly so, because if I was a fan I'd be frustrated watching what was on the pitch as well. Um, so I just want to go over and apologise to, for how the performance was and look, just tell them like this, we know it's not good enough and it's, at the end of the day it's only done to us to fix it. So obviously the coaching staff as well have their part to play, so look, like I said, Friday was a, a better performance, um, but we need to keep that consistently, you know, we can't just do it one week off, one week on, you know, so. I've said this a few times, Turner's Cross like is probably the most atmospheric ground in the league when it's rocking and if you could kind of get that momentum going, would it could it get you over the line? Because you weren't far off against them in the league, obviously, the other day. Definitely. This is the 12th man, like, you know. Um, all season they've been there, whether the results have been bad or good or whatever. But look, like, when it, like you said, when Turner's Cross is packed, I don't think there's anywhere else like it in the league, to be honest. Obviously, some people would say that other players are better, but from my opinion, playing there and playing against Cork years ago, you know, it's very hard when the crowd is on, on top of you. It's, it's a massive help for us. Just the whole Rory Keaton story this season, I mean, and the emotion of the hat-trick and all that, like, and not to mind the fact that his form has been incredible, like, what's that been like as a teammate? Unbelievable. Like, like I can't even put into words what it's like. I've no idea myself what he's going through. Um, all we can do is support him, and look, he's been unbelievable. Since it's happened, and even before that, but since it's happened, he's kicked on to another level, and look, it's only testament to him what he's like as a character. And he's been, he's been unbelievable, yeah. Very best of luck and um, yeah, and in the battle to stay up as well. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, team. Top man. Cheers, kid. Jamie, uh, another visit to Cork. Yeah, another visit. Um, You're right back Friday night. Yeah, I was right back. Yeah, for um, probably the first seventy-five minutes, I think. The last fifteen, he went back into midfield, but uh, yeah, playing right back the other night. Obviously, he's just shot and options and stuff like that. I've played there in, earlier in the season, so. Um, 
yeah, Gatford just threw me in there, so um, yeah, good win for us. Probably didn't play particularly well, but at this stage of the season, we've just grafted our results at times, and that's what you need this end, this end of the season, you know. You're not exactly a peak form at the moment, is that fair to say? Uh, probably performance-wise, now in recent weeks, um, we picked up results. Um, we've played well at times. I think second half against Dundalk was decent. I thought we played well against Rohada at home, even though we lost up until the sending off. I thought we were the better team. We just gifted them an early goal, and then obviously Dale Rooney's goal. There's not much you can do about that one. But the sending off changed the game for us. Um, but yeah, look at this end of the season. It was about. It's, it's really about getting results. But at the same time, we want to play better, you know, and hopefully do it on Sunday. What's it like playing here? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, a lot of fond memories, it's just a bit, like I was saying earlier, it's a bit of a blur the, the last time I played in the final here because you get so caught up in like yeah. the whole week of it and all that, you actually don't remember the game. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you know, watched the game back around, like since, uh, just the celebrations and stuff, but um, the match itself is a bit of a blur, Like so I think I'd say to myself if I ever did get back here, you know, I'd like to take it in a little bit more. Talking to John Daly recently, he was really extolling yourself as a player. How do you feel the season has gone for you? I suppose Pat started with a, a hefty kind of squad in midfield, and um, you've come to your own, I suppose, a bit. Yeah, well, um, last year last year was a bit riddled with injuries for me personally. So, like when I came back in pre-season, I just tried to like make sure I was right going into the season. And to be fair, I think I've only missed maybe uh, one game for suspension, and then one or two games with a small niggle so um, I'm quite happy with that I think I've, I've, I've done pretty well like I, I'd say it was probably one of my best seasons to be honest with you so have far have you become a more rounded player like yeah well I've at times like I played a little bit further forward earlier in the season and I dropped back in I could I've, you know filled in right back a couple of times but I think it's just probably a little bit of uh, maturity you know at this age I'm 25 now I'm not exactly a young player anymore I'm not exactly like overly experienced either so I've still a lot, long way to go but I think I'm improving year on year to be honest and it's, you know I'm just enjoying football at the moment um, so you're obviously targeting Europe in the league as well which and you're still technically in the title race yeah, um, look, you want to improve season on season. Last year we came fourth, and the only reason we got Europe was because um, Derry won the cup, obviously, here. So to go one more than that and try and just qualify for Europe um, through the top three spots would be unbelievable for us. Um, we're doing all right at the moment, like, but we do have teams on our tail, so albeit the, the whole hype is about Sunday and the cup and who's going to get to Aviva um, on the other side. We've got big games coming up in the league, you know, and a lot of tough games. Rovers at home, there you go, last two, so you know, we still have a lot to play for on both fronts. Best of luck to the weekend. Cheers, thanks. Yeah, top man, yeah, so that was refreshing to uh, be uh, among my own people again, albeit a lad from Dublin and a fellow from... Where is Conor McCormick from? Uh, Dundalk, Carlingford. Dundalk, Carlingford. Kind of glorified Galwegian. He loves taking photos of Salt Hill and the... Yeah, I mean, he loves Galway. Um, Dan, the fixtures this weekend. Yeah. Shells play Dundalk. Friday, which is actually a, really, a sort of really meaningful game for European race. Dundalk, um, we haven't really talked about them. They're, they're very much alive in... Home form, and then they have to go and bring it and do it away um, against Shells, which is... That's actually a proper game. That Don't one. concede first. Yeah, and then draw United <laughs> against Derry City on Friday, which again... Look, we're, we're, the only thing is about the points on the board. If Derry can win and just mentally be within two points, you can try and apply some pressure. But I mean, it's obviously going to be a struggle. Then, as we mentioned, two forty on Saturday, Galway United Bohemians. Two forty on Sunday, we have, of course, of course, Cork City against St Patrick's Athletic, and then the first division fixtures. 
the big the big mover week. last week um was treaty which treaty give themselves a chance so they play finn harps um they obviously post Dave Rogers at Lone Town. Bray Wanderers. Bray have a slim, slim chance. Um, at Lone holding on for fifth at the moment. Cove Ramblers long for town. Um, a bit of a nothing game. And Kerry Wexford. They're all on Friday. All on Friday at seven forty-five. So there we go. This time next week, and then I think we have Galway Waterford next Tuesday as well. This time next week, I think we're recording on Wednesday next week. But um, this time next week, we will know. God, imagine who's in the, the FBI Cup final. Galway United fan. That would be that, that would be, be so weird. Else. This, it, this year has had everything in that regard. It's probably going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, we're, I, done. Very, we're done. We're done. Very done. checkered relationship, checkered history with the cup finals, but checkered um, relationship ourselves, of course. Yeah. Anyway, like, let's finish the show before you walk out. And this, it, we're done. Um, uh, okay, this was in association with Future Ticketing, uh, Collar and Cuff, and Rascal's Brewery in Inchicore. <laughs>